Immediately after going to my first Dirty Bird event, I was just overwhelmed with how creative and fun the energy was and the people there were so different than anything I had experienced. Yeah, I think that the energy of Dirty Bird is so vibrant and unmatched and just silly and goofy and out of the box and you could just do the most ridiculous thing and everyone's like, yeah, we want more of that. <laughs> so yes. I, I fell in love instantly and I'm so happy that music-wise it's fit in line and that they've uh, brought us in as well because Welcome to Elevated Frequencies, the show that gives you access to the next level of house and techno so you can explore an elevated lifestyle. What Ray Cola is talking about, that energy exchange, is why I love small, intimate shows so much. Because it's like you're having a conversation with the DJ just without words. And everyone's on the same vibe. You don't have to worry about like drunk people bumping into you. Everyone kind of knows how to act because it is more intimate, right? You can't really act a fool when there's like 40 or 50 of you in the room. So today I'm talking to Ray Cola about that energy exchange, how they preserve and expand that energy while they're out on the road, and just a lot about their creative process. This is a really great episode for the creatives out there, so I hope you enjoy. So it's so nice of you to join me. I really appreciate it, especially because you just got home. Talk to me about where you just came from. Um, we just had the most amazing weekend. We played in New York at Rockefeller Center with uh, Dirty Bird, and then we also played in Philly at the Ev with Dirty Bird as well. And yeah, outstanding weekend. <laughs> I know, it's been crazy because both of us love the East Coast so much, but to get to play at Rockefeller, it's a place that we've walked by and visit so much, and it had such a high standing in our book, so it was really exciting to get to share our music there. That's so awesome. And I have a million questions for you, especially because I'm from Chicago. So I just, oh, really? I want to start. Yes. I'm in, I'm in Wicker Park right now. I want, and I want to start there because, you know, Chicago is the home of house, obviously, as you know, and I, I know that you've drawn a lot of inspiration from growing up here. And I read that you started off as musicians when you were younger. Is that correct? Like playing instruments and stuff? Yeah, um, we started out, I think our like first venture into music was playing piano, we sang in choir, and then clarinet, which our grandpa played yeah. jazz clarinet, so I think we kind of, we tried there. to embark in that, but the clarinet didn't work out too well, <laughs> yeah. um, but I think we had an interest in uh, music and just wanting to be around it, but never truly found like exactly what connected until we started teaching. Yeah. I, I guess there's not such a huge market for clarinet playing out there. I think you have yeah. a little more like range when you're DJing. Yeah, I'm settled a lot better here for sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that at least sparked the interest. Right, on. definitely. That's well. That's what I love about house music is that it draws from so many different inspiration points, and you can really make and produce and DJ music that combines all of those elements and mm -hmm. it's got to be you know really special just knowing the legends that have come out of Chicago and now joining you know that that group and leaving your mark and representing Chicago would you say that's like a really big part of who you are when you go out and play in other places yeah I mean I think that being from Chicago no matter what that's something that carries with us in our energy and our sound no matter what and being able to be a part of the next generation 
of house music and I feel like it's important to both of us to represent proper you know? yeah <laughs> I'm always so proud to be from there yeah. favorite city hand I down love- where I move yeah <laughs> Yeah. So what made you decide to move to the West Coast? Is it like completely career focused move? I think we or do you want to answer? I mean, we originally moved for college, yeah, uh, but both of us have always wanted to move to California or just outside of Chicago, just to experience something new. We both really like the creative scene out here. Uh, We both are very interested in fashion as well. So that was something that was also leading us towards Los Angeles because, um, it has a great creative scene no matter what area it is. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that was a big push. When it came to applying for colleges, both of us were like, okay, I love Chicago, but I want to be somewhere warm. We applied to, like, a lot of places in California and Hawaii, and I was just like, I need a, a different change of scenery. Growing up in Chicago, I was tired of shoveling snow and just wanted yeah, a new experience <laughs> overall. Um, and I think a lot of people in the Midwest uh, went to college in the area, so I just wanted to try something different. That's awesome. I'm sure it was tough for your family, though, because that's like a pretty, pretty far move. Yeah, it's a big move. But both of our parents, they anticipated it because I yeah. think we had both been saying it for a while. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going <laughs> just a heads up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now my mom loves it because she gets to come take vacations here. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> I always say I tell people because I lived in Florida for a brief period of time, which okay. I did not like. It was for it was for work. I spent a lot of time in okay. Miami. That was fun. But mm-hmm. I always tell people that growing up in Chicago because of the weather makes you tough. Like I'm like a tough yeah. broad now because I, <laughs> I, I can go out in like negative temperatures and I feel like, <laughs> like you know a badge of honor. Exactly. Prepares you. One hundred percent. So okay. So um, asking for myself, I want to know how. I mean, your style is so incredible. I know you've been told it a million times, but like scrolling through your Instagram, I just your outfits are always coordinated but different. I mean, that's got to take a lot of energy. So how yeah. do you do it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the outfits are a big part of our sets as well. Obviously, we prepare so much music-wise, but yeah, I'm like, oh, I can't even focus there. I need to know my outfit as well. And it's really exciting because it allows another way for us to express ourselves. We always are trying to come up with like a theme or if we find a piece that we really like or a hat or something and just style completely around that, mm-hmm. which is fun. Sometimes she'll like draw an outfit idea and then we go out thrifting and try to like create it. It's fun. Yeah. It's a fun process. I think that it's different for every set, yeah. which allows the outfits to all be different because we're going about each of them in different ways. But we also try to incorporate the energy of the cities that we're mm-hmm. going to or the events that we're playing yeah. um, into our outfits as well. So like we recently, yeah. well, this is not recently, this weekend we're playing in New York. We're like thinking about how it's just the anniversary of hip hop music and playing in New York. And we it was fashion chose, week. It was too. fashion week. And we're like, okay, how do I style something for this? But then um, we immediately thought of Adidas and we're like, Adidas would be perfect. And we have a friend who like resells Adidas clothes and we're like, this is a perfect way to incorporate, you know, that kind of vibe. So we try to like think of something that has to do with the city and I don't know, the feel we're in at that moment. I, I love that. The, that was the pink and green outfits, right? Yeah, yeah. the ones that we just wore, the pink and green. Chef's kiss. Those were amazing. That's Thank really you. cool too. Yeah, I love, and I don't know, like, Men do this too, but what I love about women is how thoughtful we are when it comes to just fully conceptualizing an event like that. Like you're taking in all these external factors and it really like makes a huge difference. And I, I love that. It just shows how creative your energy and souls are in general. 
I appreciate that. I feel like sometimes it's maybe not noticed, but it does mean a lot to both of us. So I'm glad you (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I mean, it, it makes taking good feed pictures, like, you know, you're always on point. So it's really (laughs) cool. And I love Dirty Birds, a very like fun, creative brand. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been to a couple of Dirty Bird events and, you know, it's different than I would say, you know, going to a techno show where it's just like dark, like rave, which is great too. It's a vibe, but like, so did you kind of gravitate towards Dirty Bird because of that fun, spirited sort of like vibe that they put on or what, what drew you to them? Yeah. Um, immediately after going to my first Dirty Bird event, I was just overwhelmed with how creative and fun the energy was and the people there were so different than anything I had experienced. Um, I think around the time that I went to the first Dirty Bird event, um, we were still playing kind of open format and newer into the festival scene in general. So that was just like eye-opening overall. And I think we both instantly connected with that whole field. I didn't go with you. Yeah, I went to the first camp out without her and I called her when I got there and I was like, you, you should be here. here. She was like, like do you want to come right now? Drive up. I was, I was like, like drive, yeah, because I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, I just hadn't been to anything like that. I love the games and the activities. I'm always about, like, doing fun things during the day. I mean, I love going to see the music as well during the day. But just, you know, doing something outside of that usual, usual just, like, music, 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 always. It's like we're connecting with new people in new ways. We're doing arts and crafts. And everyone's just, like, silly and fun. The outfits are always so fun. And Yeah, I think that the energy of Dirty Bird is so vibrant and unmatched and just silly and goofy and out of the box and you could just do the most ridiculous thing and everyone's like yeah we want more of that <laughs> so yes. I, I fell in love instantly and I'm so happy that music wise it's fit in line and that they've uh, brought us in as well because we love it yes <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all about self-expression with them, which is so true. And I love that you pointed out like the activities part because I agree. You know, as much as, you know, I love the music, you you said you love the music. Sometimes, you know, you need a little break and you need to engage in a different way. So to be yeah. able to like like that's the special part about festivals is being able to connect with other mm-hmm. people like while the music is going on. I really feel like it's like the music is a conduit to connect with others at a deeper level. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I love like the creative, like, like you said, like crafts and stuff like that. I mean, I'm a big craft person and it just goes like, so it goes hand in hand with the music, right? Yeah. I feel like it allows you to do maybe something you haven't done for the first time or yeah, just something you would never do in your even day-to-day life. But now you have like a new skill, you get to meet new people and usually take yeah. something home you're like and i think oh, <laughs> everyone's creative i will yeah. stand behind that always i feel like even if someone feels like they're not the most artistic person you're still creative to uh like they some way in that respect so yeah it's cool to see what other people create as well i love to hear that so like this the show is all about actionable advice that people can take in their lives regardless if they're in music or not so when you say that everybody's creative is there like, what could you say to somebody who wants to test out, like, their, you know, just be creative? What could they engage in to kind of get those juices flowing? Um, I think that one thing for myself that was, like, hard when stepping into new creative avenues is feeling like I'm going to be bad at something. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that's the main hurdle to jump over It's like, just do it. And even if you feel like it's not, I don't know, award-worthy, it's still doing it and it's still like a great start and each person's creative expression is different like I might draw something and she'll draw something that'll look completely different and it doesn't measure on terms of what's better and what's not and that's a cool thing about creativity and art 
it each has its own interpretation. People are going to like different things more than another. So just, yeah, doing it. I feel like just doing it. I mean, she's definitely more artistic when it comes to drawing, which is really cool to see. But I like, I love painting. I'm not great at it at all. But I'm like, I feel like even just doing it and I'm like, I can throw this away if I want to or I can keep it. It doesn't really like matter not having that pressure of feeling like, oh, I have to do this yeah. as a job. Like just try new hobbies. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. If it sucks and you're like, oh, I'll try something different. Just at least trying. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that because I think that especially people who might have a creative um, career, like making music, like it's nice to have something that you don't monetize that is still creative. Yeah. Oh it God. really helps like, like it really helps keep that sort of energy like more pure. You know what I mean? Because you're not attaching it yeah. to a monetary value. Yeah, I we were like just that. talking about this literally on the way back from the airport, talking about hobbies, because I think we both are people who like to pick up new hobbies, um, maybe too many hobbies, but like making sure that we have the ones they always say, like, you can have a hobby that makes you money, but one that keeps you creative, something that keeps you active, and like having those kind of outlets is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And someone was talking to me lately about how people have this sense of pressure in the society that you have to be good at everything that you do, and even a sense for like like female energy being like boss bitch all the time I'm like great at this I'm great at this and it's like sometimes it's nice to just have things that you're not the best at you just enjoy doing for fun so we've been trying to step more into that um and just having hobbies that I enjoy doing outside of music you know yeah yeah 100 percent the the pressure too I think also comes from like social media and everybody posting you know all of their stuff or whatever yeah I mean you have to have those things that you just have for yourself and that you can yeah. do trial and trial and error. And like, I also heard this is kind of related. One thing that's always stuck with me is this woman on TikTok said, don't create for vanity metrics. You can create for proof of concept. Like you can mm-hmm. create just, just to create and it doesn't have to go anywhere or do anything. Like it yeah. can just exist in the world. Because, yeah. And that's your that's like your proof of concept to yourself that you're trying something. Yeah. Even if it doesn't get seen by 5 million people. That's it's like really well said. And I think also the point you bring up with social media is a big part of it too, because I think so many times when you're doing something creative, you feel like, Oh, I have to do this and I have to post it and I have to do this. And it's like, you can just do it for you. You know, it's become such a part of our whole society. So. Yeah. yeah it, it has its, you know, positives and, and drawbacks. So Um, but so I want to kind of pivot a little bit back to Chicago, if that's okay, because I feel, I feel like I could probably get some like good, I want to know like your favorite spots. If you were listening to house music, like growing up, did you ever go to any of the clubs, like anything, any like hometown places that you want to shout out? What's crazy is I think we moved away when we were 17. So we moved away quite young. So we didn't really go to house clubs. back when we were older and I think now we've kind of gone back to like just house places that are not well known like Sky Bar we played at radios a few times like very regular like places not the underground scene as much as I want to but I mean like the first place that we heard house music when we were younger was at the skating rings like we grew up on the south side and we would go there yeah like people would be footwork and and that was like kind of our first introduction into house music and then we kind of got more of the classic end of it and I mean, I think even now, probably one of my favorite things back home is the Chosen Few picnic. Yeah. Um, which it's is the longest. Oh, someone's calling you from Slovenia. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, anyway, um, the Chosen Few picnic is one of the longest running house music yeah. festivals in. I think Never. it's the longest, but um, 
it's something that my parents' friends used to all go to. And my mom wasn't, like, heavy into house music at all. I think she's definitely grown a lot into it with us playing house music. But her all friends her friends were going like... for years. So then when we went for the first time, it opened my eyes because it was so diverse as far as age, seeing everyone in their 60s and 30s and, like, 20s. It's, like, such a big range, and everyone sets up their tent and takes out their grills and is there for the whole day, and there's just house music all day. And it was super eye-opening, and we've gone a couple times now. Yeah, yeah. I thought we try it. to go each year yeah. since we've gone. And it's been cool to see, definitely, like, as you're saying, like, the age range di diversity, because I'm like, these are the originators. Like, these are the people who really were there when it started. And I think as we started going to clubs, it's been different, of course. It's, like, people our age. So it's cool to see, like, the melting pot of, like, the new age and um, the OGs all together. They're celebrating with love and acceptance yeah, and just, like, so dancing positive. free energy. Yeah, yeah, they have, like, live gospel type of singers on the beats and just really classic feels, and it was really nice. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Like, I'll be out, and I'm obviously I'm sure this happens to you too all the time. You'll hear a track that someone's playing, and it'll sample like either a ghetto house or gospel house track from the '90s from Chicago, but very briefly. And it's like a like a fleeting moment. You're like, oh my god! Like, it truly is the root yeah. of everything. Mm -hmm. Definitely, and I feel like we try to like incorporate that too in our like music as well of like taking those like little bites and moments and sounds that like kind of remind us of like the origins or like the beginning sounds that we were really drawn to and incorporate into our music too or our sets yeah yeah that's that's amazing and I think I think um you know Claude and Dirty Bird really represents like a, a wide diversity of audiences and really like pulls to try to get those different sounds on his label like every yeah. artist that I've interviewed from Dirty Bird has had such a different sound to them which is so cool yeah, and especially going to the festivals, I absolutely love the lineups every single year because of the range. And I'm like, you can get someone who's like more disco, you can get someone who has more melodic sounds, but also get that dirty bass sound, you can get like a ghetto house set, you get such a nice mm -hmm. range of just like really quality music. Mm -hmm. Do yeah. a good job. <laughs> Not just because we're there. Yeah, that, that's incredible. So talk to me about like, I know that you started in music when you were young, playing the clarinet, playing instruments, and it kind of morphed into this as you moved to the West Coast and started exploring. But is this something, because I'm, I don't know, and this is also part of my question, I'm a big believer in manifesting careers and manifesting. I think that people can tap into like their celebrity energy, right? And like do incredible things. Did you foresee this like being famous and touring and doing all the things you're doing with your music and continuing to build. Did you see that when you were younger? Definitely I not. Mean, yeah. I mean, I think that in like any little girl's age, like I always, we would like make up dances and like be like, I'm going to be a pop star. But I, once I started getting older, I definitely didn't foresee us doing yeah. this at all. Both of us were pretty shy growing up. So even though I love to do things in the home and dance in the house and like stuff. Like with our friends. Yeah. Even, but I was definitely not a person who I imagined being where we are right now. It's I think that even, I remember when we first started DJing, we loved it. But I was like, okay, cool. Could I DJ and no one really look at me? I like loved the sound. I feel like our music was like great. And I was like, we could provide the great energy. But having everyone sit there and look at me was kind of overwhelming at first. And I think that it's something that even for us has allowed us to step into more so that like leader um having attention on you role yeah but it's, it's not something that i think i naturally 
like was trying to bring in. Yeah, I, don't I, know. I think we're both really big on manifestation, I will say. And I think a lot of that came from once we actually started teaching, realizing um, the goals that we did have in mind. We're like, okay, I can see the envision now, but I think that started as we continue to grow as DJs. Mm-hmm. That's, I would never guess that you were shy at any point because you're you're so both so vibrant so that's that's really amazing and it's it's interesting how like you can almost like step into that persona it's like once you get on stage I've heard from a lot of people it just energizes you and yes it could be scary Mm -hmm. but the but the crowd being there to see you has to be a pretty cool feeling yeah, yeah, I think now I have such a better appreciation for it rather than before being like, don't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, okay, yeah, it's like a cool energy exchange, like back and forth. And it's really cool to connect with people and kind of, you know, like bring the energy to the yeah. crowd. I was going to say the same thing. It definitely feels like an energy exchange and it's definitely not one way. I think when I started off, I felt it like, oh, it's just like a one way kind of transaction. It's not that at all. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because it feels so divine that we're here now because now I couldn't imagine it being any other way. And I'm so happy to be in the place that I am now. And I think that it's allowed us to be more vibrant as people. Yeah, it's like the but, energy you have within yourself that wasn't able to be expressed. Yeah. It just wasn't the right way, <laughs> the right time, I guess. That's, that's really cool. I love that insight. And I love the concept of energy exchange. I have not heard of that before from any other artist, And I never thought of it that way. But it's very true because you know, good or bad, depending on a crowd's reaction, it's, um, it impacts you. And sometimes, and even good has multiple, there's multiple like facets of good, right? Like a crowd can be a certain way. And especially when you're playing like more intimate sets where they're like right up on the booth, yeah, yeah, you are changing energy. You guys are right by each other. Yeah. I feel like, especially, sorry. When we're doing like more so opening sets, we really, really feel that because as you're saying, it's more intimate. There's a couple people there and it's like, okay, guys, it's just us here. Let's get started. It feels like a conversation with all of us. So, and everyone's just getting there. So it's like, okay, let's get comfortable together. You know, start (laughs) off the night. Cause I mean, sometimes at the end of the night, everyone's like drinking. It's like, it's a lot of a different energy. So yeah, those Mm -hmm. opening moments are, they're really special. I think too. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I've talked to, do you know Lucati? Have you met him or, or heard of him? So I know him, but I don't think we've, we we haven't met face to face, but I know. Okay. He's in the West coast too. I think he, he did an interview with me and we, he had like this controversial tweet about a series of controversial tweets about opening a show. And yes. pretty much it was that opening a show is a difficult thing to do. It's an art that has been lost by people who just want to like like either they'll play all of the headliner songs like completely, you know, unaware <laughs> or they'll just like start off way too crazy. Yeah. And so like you said, it was, it's like a conversation. You're, you're kind of warming up. You're kind of like getting to know each other. And that's like a really special thing that is so much different than the headliner, maybe just yeah. coming on and everybody's all like ready, you know, Yeah. So it's, it's more difficult. Yeah, I definitely think it's more difficult because it's almost like gaining a crowd's trust in a way. And also, mm-hmm. most times you're opening, no one really knows who you are. So it's like an introduction to you, like, okay, how can we, like, connect? Let me get you in the right vibe. I, I definitely think it can be more difficult, but I yeah. enjoy it. I have, like, <laughs> appreciation for each each time, time. yeah. I know, like, I've met DJs that are like, I can't wait till I'm headlining. I'm tired of doing, like, these opening sets. And I'm like, they're kind of nice. Like, I have a different appreciation for them, for sure. 
first like a middle set. I love I like all the time, I like all the time <laughs> slots, but I feel like I definitely go into each of them with a different mindset and perspective. I'll say, yeah, um, yeah, and and like you said, like the the crowd might not know you, but you but you can kind of assume that people who get there super early like truly love music, right? Because they're like, yeah. I want to be here all fucking night. So you're like, okay, like you're receptive at least to like hearing something new. Yeah. They're like open to hearing new music and it's cool because you can like play songs that you wouldn't maybe be able to play in that headlining spot. So mm-hmm. there's definitely a time. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So what, what do you guys kind of like have going on for the rest of the year? Anything exciting that you want to bring up shows and uh, caveat, are you coming to Chicago anytime soon for a show? We were just in Chicago. Yeah, I, I wish we, we met before this. But, <laughs> um, when was that? Um, we played last month at Radius opening for Steve Angelo. Oh, yeah. Oh, I did see. You know what? I was out of town. That's why. Because uh, <laughs> my husband and I were going to come to that show. Okay. okay. Well, now I know for next time. Yeah, yes, the next time, time for sure. Um, right now, we've kind of, we're going to be in the studio for a bit and really work on music. Um, we do have a few tracks that have been out, but we really want to hone in on our next releases and make them really special. So that's kind of our focus right now. Yeah, we have a couple shows. We're playing in Orange County in a couple weeks, um, opening for Suzak, and then we're playing Off the Grid Camp Out next month, which should be fun. That's in California. So yeah, I'm excited for those shows that we have and yeah, just honing in on our production. That's awesome. So I like to always end the conversation maybe with some more actionable advice. And we've been talking a lot about just like creativity and, you know, tapping into that. So what would you say um, to an artist who maybe is in like a creative rut? How do you get yourselves out of a creative rut when you're in the studio? Or it could be even like with other aspects of your career, outfits, whatever. Mm hmm. I think for myself, I truly enjoy getting lost in, like, a sound that's unfamiliar to me. And what I mean by that is, like, finding perhaps, like, a really old disco track that has, like, maybe it wasn't even a top track at the time. Like, I'll go dig for, like, really cool underground sounds that I am unfamiliar with and then go down a nice little rabbit hole. Yeah. I did that recently when I was, like, really stuck um, in a studio session. I was, like, having a hard time figuring out what direction to go into. And I found such cool inspirations that I was like, what is this track? Who's this artist? Yeah. And just kind of um, discovering expanding. Discovering a new genre even. Like. Yeah, like discovering new genres, discovering new artists. And I think that no matter what, when you're finding new sounds, it's going to get your brain flowing rather than just listening to like your top tracks or your usual artists, kind of stepping outside of that and um, play around. I feel like yeah. for me, when I'm stuck musically, I think I have to like completely almost step away, like I guess the opposite. Like step <laughs> away from music. I'm like, let me like watch some movies or like go outside and just do like something that completely takes my mind away in a way. Yes. And then I get back to the studio. I'm like, oh, I feel refreshed and brand new. And like I have a whole new palette to work with rather than just being like, I don't know, stuck. <laughs> when you're sitting it's inside so all day, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, need some fresh air. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So so you're like going deeper into sounds and then you're like the opposite, like get me out of here. Yeah. I think, but those are both really good methods. I I do tend to agree that like getting away, I always say you can't force creative work. So like if I'm super frustrated, I'm just going to step away and like start fresh the next day. But it's Mm -hmm. also interesting, like digging into something that's like adjacent, but different to Mm -hmm. see if there's something there. So I think for the 
two types of people out there. Those are both really good options. (laughs) Exactly. And I definitely agree. You can't force creativity. And sometimes I'm like, I mean, obviously if I'm at home, I want to be in the studio every day, but sometimes you just don't wake up in that mindset and you can't force yourself to be in a certain mood. So like, don't feel bad about taking a break. Cause I think a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's massive advice. I think that's like a scarcity thing. People think, Oh, if I don't work on this every waking second of my life, like I'm never going to get anywhere. When yeah. in reality, like people got to where they were because they like very strategically placed their energy. Like they didn't, mm-hmm you know, stretch it and burn themselves out. Exactly. Balance. <laughs> yes. <All> about balance. <laughs> it was so nice to chat with you both. I'm so grateful you joined me and very happy to have some Chicago folks on the show. That just makes me so happy. So thank okay. you so much. Yeah. Love thank you so much. Yeah, it's been great talking with you too. I really enjoyed that last part of the conversation when we talked about getting out of a creative rut. The difference between digging deeper into adjacent genres versus, you know, taking a step outside the studio and just giving your brain a break. I tend to gravitate more towards that strategy because I have always said you can't force creativity. So whenever I feel like I'm in a rut, I try to do something that is like a hobby I don't monetize or a hobby I just enjoy and I'm like an amateur at something that I'm not, you know, I don't consider myself an expert. So I really love arranging flowers. I'm really getting into gardening and like caring for plants now. Those are all things that use my the creative parts of my brain, but there's no pressure associated with it. So it's just really nice. I even just got a new puppy and training a new puppy on how to not pee on my carpet. That is a great way to keep me distracted when I am in a creative rut. So as always, if you have enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is to share with your friends. Give me a follow on Instagram, TikTok, I'm wherever you are. I love to hear from you guys. The feedback on the show so far has been incredible. Keep it coming. Let me know if you want any topics covered or you'd like me to interview a particular artist. I always love to hear from you. I'll see you next week.